You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything, Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, my name is Meredith. And my name is Dustin. And we're the host of... The Alexander Standard. Katie and Nathan wanted us to make an announcement before this episode begins. In a world of podcasts, this one contains a lot of adult language. So if that's not your cup of tea, then you might want to get the fudge out. But if you're okay with strong language, and you love learning about badass women in history, then you'll love this episode of Queen's Podcast. But after you're done, check out our podcast. The Alexander Standard. That's better. Inspired by Rex Factor Podcast, we rank all the successors of Alexander the Great. From Perdiccas to Cleopatra the Seventh, so please come check out our show, The Alexander Standard. But first, on with today's episode of Queen's Podcast. Cheers, bitches! One, two, three, four. Get your woman on the floor. Gonna gonna get up. Get down. Well, hey, hey, hey. What's going on, guys? Hey, so, um, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, We are here today to talk about Agrippina the Younger. She is the daughter of Agrippina the Elder because people in ancient Rome were not very creative with names. No, let's just name our three daughters Julia. Yes. (laughs) Um, She's a major player in the ancient Rome scene, granddaughter, sister, wife, and mother of emperors. Yeah, she was a true powerhouse. Yeah, she's an empress in true form. So before we get into this too much, time for shout-outs. All right, so shout-out to our Empress supporters. Amber, who donated way more than asking for, so you rock girl, thank you. (laughs) Genevieve, Angelica, Brianna, Anastasia, Brendan, Charity, Cadence, Courtney, Delana, who also pledged higher, so I I mean, y'all don't have to, but we're not going to say no. (laughs) Aaron, Eleanor, Grace, Hannah, Heather, Her Royal Highness, Isabella, Jackie, Joshua, Jared, Kelly, Cara, Kaylee, Catherine, Kristen, Lizzie, Lucy, Maureen, Megan, Sarah, Kate, Stephanie, Taylor, Terry, Tiffany, and Yen. And shout out to our queen consorts. This first name I'm going to fuck up. (laughs) So, sorry, you may need to tell me how to pronounce it next time. Adicottum? Addy? Addy? Addy. Hey, Addy. Let us know how to say your name. We love you. <laughs> Alexis, Amanda, Anna, Ashley, Alyssa, Beck, and Chris. Chelsea, Carrie Ann, Rita, Claire, Danny, Emily, Haley, Helene, Nicolette, Jamie, Jara, 
Jessica B and Jessica S and Jessica N. Super popular with those Jessicas. Didn't one of the Jessicas tell us what she wants to be the region of? Jessica of the, the South. Deep South of Queen the deep... Jessica of the Deep South. <laughs> Jose, Kat, Kiana, Kristen, La Michelle, Lindsay, Megan, Melissa, Rita, Stephanie, Sarah, Charlie, Taylor, Toby, and Valerie. Woohoo! Thank you, everybody that supports our show, whether it's financially or not. You guys are all rock stars. So, Nathan, what are we drinking today? Okay, today I took basically what we did for Agrippina the Elder and just upgraded it. Okay. Let me upgrade you. Uh-huh. Um, I did blueberries instead of blackberries, uh-huh. and I did vodka instead of wine. Uh-huh. So, basically, it is just uh, blueberries, a pint of blueberries muddled up with a couple tablespoons of sugar, and then I put some berry LaCroix in, and then I put about uh, two cups of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Jiminy Cricket, you should have told me that before I came over. I would have planned an Uber home. Oh, my husband's going to be getting a call in about an hour and a half. They're like, hey, honey. That's going to be right home. <laughs> yup. So we're just drinking a fancier and more stronger version of what we drank for her mom. Besides the sugar, like if you replace the sugar with stevia, this could be a very low calorie drink, yes, I think. it could. So. It could. Nice. And it's very tasty. It is delicious. tasty. Um, Despite yeah. all the other drinks that we've had that are not so tasty, I, like I would it. try this one out. I'm <laughs> a very simple, I do wine, I do vodka sodas, I don't play around with fancy drinks often, but I would order this again. Mm-hmm. I like it's it. It's delicious. All right, just disclaimer. If you have not listened to um, the two episodes on Agrippina the Elder, just go back and listen to those before doing this one because we're just not going to have time to reintroduce every character, reintroduce every social norm of ancient Rome. Um, So, yeah, go back and listen to that unless you're already like an... Like an expert in ancient Rome, in which case, what the fuck are you doing listening to this show? (laughs) (laughs) So Agrippina the Younger was born in modern-day Cologne, Germany on November 6, 15 AD, and she is quite the Scorpio. She's a typical Scorpio. Uh, Yeah, she fits that mold to a T. Yeah. Her mother, like we were saying, is Agrippina the Elder, who was the granddaughter of Augustus, which was Rome's first emperor. Like proper emperor, yeah. Yes. And her dad was Germanicus, a.k.a. the JFK of the Roman world. Yeah. Uh, and they were the the it power couple. They were they were JFK and Jackie. Like, I don't know a better analogy for it. Yeah. And so since she was born in Germany while her father was on campaign, she really got to see a lot of the world that a typical Roman girl would have been at home, not Yeah, just like places that they would have heard about. Yeah. So she got, she got a lot of culture, too. So born and had three older brothers, and two of them were all back in Rome. But the youngest of her elder brothers, Gaius, was with them in Germany, and uh, he went by the nickname of Caligula. Caligula is Latin for little boobs. (laughs) And yes, it's that Caligula. Yes, that Caligula. (laughs) Like you said, she was born while her dad was on progress in Germany, and while they were on progress in Germany, she was born, and another sister was born as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting rabbit hole about big families that I went down. You don't see this a lot in ancient Rome. Like, most no. families, like, maybe have three kids. And so, and they didn't have birth control, so, like, what's that all about? 
the modern day theory is that, you know, the men, you've heard like the phrase, like the Roman baths, like Mm -hmm. those boiling hot, like steamy Uh, baths the Roman mm -hmm. men took like every day was like plummeting their sperm count. Well, I mean, that makes sense. And uh, and didn't, like, the population growth slow down a whole yeah. lot around yeah. that time? I mean... Yeah. So either... So the theory is either Germanicus skipped the Roman baths or he just had the most potent sperm in the fucking world <laughs> to have... They had nine children all together and seven that lived. I wonder if like, him being on campaign... You know, really. Maybe they didn't have the Roman baths. Yeah, Yeah. they they weren't portable baths. (laughs) No, yeah, that that, that didn't exist. That is a really good point because most people didn't bring their wives with them on campaign, Mm -hmm. and so since he did bring his wife with him on campaign and didn't do the Roman baths, that's that's his sperm would have been really. Oh, okay. Anyway, (laughs) enough about sperm. Yeah, let's not talk about sperm anymore. Back to Rome. (laughs) (laughs) So when she was like two, her family's called back to Rome, and they. They had uh, the triumph that we talked about in the Agrippina the Elder mm-hmm. episode, uh, where it was it's just basically this big ass parade and everybody's there and it's like the party of the fucking century. And it was for her family, yes, specifically. It was so that the Empire of Rome could celebrate her family. Yeah, and so from a really young age, she would have known. Damn, my my family's powerful. Ooh, I'm important. <laughs> yeah, Watch out, guys. Um. So the family lived together in Rome for about a year. And so like when she was like ages two and three. And then her parents and her older brother Caligula got sent to Syria. Again, Caligula kind of was the family's what what it what's the word? Um when a team mascot. Mascot. Like, <laughs> thank you. Um so he went everywhere. But the other four children stayed back in Rome to be raised by their paternal grandmother, Antonia. Yeah, so she was Germanicus's mom and she was the daughter of Mark Antony, which we went in links about in our Cleopatra episode. Yeah. And Antonio's mother had been the sister of Augustus. So she's a pretty well-connected and influential woman herself. Yeah, and life with Granny would have probably been a little bit uneventful. I mean, she would have started her education of learning to read, learning some languages, but one of the big things with all Roman women is learning to weave. Like, it is... (laughs) They weave in some baskets or whatever. Well, it's kind of like, you know, in, like, um, Renaissance time, all the women would sit around and have, like, their knitting Yeah, quilting. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. eh, So it's that sort of thing. The biggest deal in her education, though, would have been that she would have learned her place in the world, like learning how to be a good Roman mother. How to be an asset. Yeah, Yeah. to your husband and, you know, promoting them and your family. Um, Antonia would have been a really good person to teach this because she was really respected. Antonia is a really interesting figure that I wish I could have, um, hope one day I have time to research more. She um, was widowed when she was young. She had three young children and she was widowed. And, or four young children, I don't remember. But she, women weren't expected to stay widows. They were expected to marry again, make more babies for Rome, help your family stay connected. Yeah. And she refused to marry again when her husband died. And even though her family pressured her to get married again, the fact that she didn't made everybody in Rome be like, that is one pious bitch over there. Yeah, like, she's able to not get married. Which like is what's else. such a double standard. It's like your family's like, you yeah. have to get married again. And then when you say no, but also you're never supposed to defy your family. But the fact that she did it made 
Anyway. <laughs> it's just like a catch You can't 22. fucking win yeah. as a woman in history, basically. <laughs> so anyway, she was a very hard-headed and well-respected woman. So a good uh, role model for Agrippina. Yeah. But sadly, whenever she was four years... Well, when um, Agrippina the Younger was only four years old, mm-hmm. her dad dies. Uh, we discussed this again in more detail in Agrippina the Elder Part 2 because it was a fucking scandal. It was <laughs> the scandal of the first century. Yeah, because a lot of people, including her mom, thought that she had been, I mean, that uh, Germanicus had been poisoned. By the emperor, no less. Yeah. By the so, fucking emperor. So the entire country's like, think of when JFK died. The whole country's in mourning. Mourned the loss. Yeah, so little Agrippina and her two brothers and little sister are swept off to meet their mother at the, at a small coastal town in Italy. So Agrippina the Elder rocks up on this boat with the ashes of Germanicus in an urn, uh, their little mascot Caligula, and a newborn sister that was born in Syria. And they do this slow... Dramatic. <laughs> Very dramatic. <laughs> saddest. It's like the opposite of the triumphant. They like make their way into Rome, but it's not um, a celebration. It's the opposite of the triumphant. It's just sad, sad dramatic. Everybody's crying. And Agrippina's mom, Agrippina the Elder, is making a spectacle of herself, mm-hmm. to be honest. That's an understatement. <laughs> um, but it would have... Just like the triumphant, I mean, it would have instilled in her that, like, oh, my family is really important. Like, the entire look, country is crying. Mourning, because yeah, my father right. died. It's a big fucking deal. So she went on to this point, live with her mother, and it was a really tumultuous early life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As we discussed in the last episode, women were the responsibility of their closest male relative. So the emperor Tiberius was her mother's Step uncle, step father, oh, father in law. Adopted 12 times removed. Out of simplicity, let's just say okay. he's the closest living male <laughs> relative. Um, but her mother <laughs> believed that Tiberius killed Germanicus, and Agrippina the Elder had no fucking chill on the matter. Nope, she couldn't make her, she couldn't keep her mouth shut about it. And so this would have, guess what you shouldn't? do <laughs> antagonize the emperor <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter how loved you are by the entire country you're gonna get killed i mean don't you like, know you're living in ancient rome yeah like they, they didn't kill you like right off the bat yeah but they would send you off into exile and like fucking torture you and not feed you so <laughs> i'd rather be killed right off the bat yeah me too jesus so in 28 AD, Agrippina the Elder was sent into exile on an island far away, basically left there to die and be forgotten. <laughs> it's really eerie. Agrippina the Younger's grandmother, Julia, had also had died on the same island. So it's family tradition. <laughs> you went there. <laughs> I went there. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, interesting side note. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these, I, I have a garnish for the yeah. our drink. We'll, we'll post pictures of the drink. And on if, if you hear us munching, it's because this garnish is amazing. It's called the kiwi berry, and it's really good. It's like a baby kiwi. Anyway, sorry, anyways. <laughs> so she did have nine years with her mother. But sadly, we literally know nothing about the time she had with her mother, except for that um, her mother was drama, 
Yeah. So I'm sure she probably inherited some of that drama. Yeah. We didn't know how their relationship and their relationship. We don't know if her mother was super involved, if Mm -hmm. her mother was more hands-off, let the tutors handle this. Mm -hmm. Like, we just don't know. But, I mean, having Agrippina the Elder and Antonia during your formative years to be your role models, I mean, not too shabby. Yeah. And she's... She was not going to be, like, not seen. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's not going to be one of these seen and not heard type of women. No, she's... She's going to be, um, her opinion's going to be heard. But sadly, sure. after that, she never really saw her mother again. And then her two eldest brothers were also exiled and killed super young, which is <laughs> family tradition. tradition. <laughs> so, I, you can obviously tell that since her whole, like, half her family's dead that she kind of becomes really self-aware at this point and being like okay i've got to watch myself (laughs) i am a i am an important player in the roman empire and if i i could get killed if i don't make sure i always make the right move so yeah i mean think about it her grandmother was exiled and died on an island her father was likely poisoned and then her mother was exiled and died on an island and then her two brothers were killed just for, like, being related to the other people. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so it's like she knows that she's got an uphill battle. Like I said earlier, um, when it comes to Agrippina, the junior's life, there's, like, patches that we just don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. So between the time of her mother getting sent to exile and there's a big, like, four or five-year gap of nothing happening. Yeah, But... Whenever she reaches the ripe old age of 13, she is now the most eligible bachelorette in Rome. Uh, history is kind of disgusting. Oh. 13-year-old. But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so Tiberius has her betrothed to this dude named Domitius. Uh, and weird side note, Domitius had two sisters who were named. Is it, well, is it pronounced, I think it's pronounced Domitius. Domitius. I don't know. Domitius is delicious. Um, he had two sisters that were both also named Domitius. Well, they were Domitia. Yeah, no, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, they're all some kind of Domitius or Domitius. It's fucking stupid. Um, these names, they're all George Foreman. <laughs> George, George. George, George, Georgina. So a few <laughs> notes about Dami over here. Um, he was the son of Antonia Major, who is the sister of Antonia Minor, who is Germanicus's mom. So therefore, her new husband is her first cousin once removed. Just, just don't try to think about I'm it that much. I'm just going to try not just, to think just, about it. Just go. But he was from a good family. Um, it was also her family, but whatever. Um, his father was a member of the council, which is a really important role. And, and he was also 33 years older than uh, He Agrippina. was 33 years older, so he was like 45 or something. Um, and she was 13. Vomit. Um, <laughs> he did not have the reputation of being a nice guy. No, he... <laughs> He had he, he had a reputation of being obsessed with riding chariots and gambling and prostitutes. He's kind of like a biker, like a biker bar. Yeah, like he would be hanging out at the biker bar. Yeah. Um. There's this one story of one time he like sees this little kid playing in the road with his doll, and Dommy is just like, "Hey, let's run that little kid the fuck over." <laughs> and all his buddies are like, "Ah, you crazy!" And he's like, 
strapping up the horses. He's like, no, I'm going to go run that fucking kid over. And he runs this little kid over and kills him with his chariot just for fun. Oh, what a, what an outstanding guy. Let's marry this guy to the 13-year-old. Yes. Cool beans. I'm sure she wants a murderous What husband. could go wrong? <laughs> but really, why Dommy? Well, he'd been a council member. He's from a popular family. Um, and Aggie was kind of like a reward. Barf. Barf. But also, it feels a little bit like to keep Agrippina buried, to keep her down. Because Dami had been in council for so long and from a family that if he wanted to try to, like, gain power to the throne, he may have already thrown his hat in the ring by now. But he was too focused on... Drinking and gambling and killing children with his chariot. (laughs) And so I think it was like, let's marry him off to this guy with like just enough no ambition that she's not going to cause trouble. Does that make sense? Yeah, like kind of forcing her to be submissive, to take a submissive role. Yeah, and they're like, he's not going to be a pushover either because he's old enough to be her father. And um, so gross. You know, he can just run her over with a chariot if she acts up. So anyway, so now she's married to this womanizing, gambling, mean weirdo, um, and he doesn't want to be emperor. So yeah, Tiberius is like, I've done a good job here. <laughs> I'm going to silence this girl. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the rest of the family. Let's. Let's, <laughs> let's not talk about that dummy guy. Um, so there's not a whole lot in the records going on with, you know, a little baby bride over here. Uh, so let's talk about the rest of her gang. What they're up to. Yeah, so Aggie's married off, but the other three kids are still living with Antonia at the time. So there are rumors that Caligula, quote-unquote, assaulted his sister Drusilla at this time, and he had to be sent away. Like, maybe this is foreshadowing? Maybe this is foreshadowing! (laughs) Um, Caligula, a.k.a. Little Boots! (laughs) Um, Caligula is sent off to live with Tiberius on Tiberius's sex island of Capri. Yeah. And so remember from the Agrippina the Elder episode that Tiberius fucked the fuck off to this island and was ruling Rome from, like, super far away. He was sending, like, carrier pigeons with, like, scrolls to, like... Dictate what they did. Like, run Rome by pigeon. And while he Um, was living on this island, he was... We'll get into it in our Patreon episode... And I'm sure there are plenty of other YouTube videos and articles and podcasts dedicated to the Isle of Capri sex pants. Um, if you wanted to learn more about what Tiberius was up to there. Uh, spoiler alert. It's nothing good. Nope. Nothing good. Reminds me of watching uh, Leaving Neverland. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see. I see. It took me a minute. I see the parallels. Yeah. Not good. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and that's nope, where Caligula nope. got sent to. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> You're like, you you want to sexually assault your little sister? Go see what it feels like. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was not nice. So anyway, that's what Caligula's doing. Yeah, and everyone's assuming that Tiberius is just trying to use him for some weird sex routines and then would have him poisoned. But no, he's fucking named heir. <laughs> yeah. Caligula must have been really good at weird sex stuff, because Tiberius is like... What is Caligula? I mean, they thought that for sure he was going to be killed, because it's ancient Rome, and he's another 
like claim it to the throne. Yeah. Maybe maybe little boots had a foot fetish. Maybe he wore those little boots around Tiberius. Look at my little boots. This got weird. This got weird. Let's move on. Drusilla and Lilla were both younger sisters. They were also married off pretty young. Yeah. And nothing really happened there that we know about. Yeah, like they were married off young. Lavilla seems to be the only one that like maybe actually liked her husband. I mean, he was still like hella old. Yeah. But maybe he was funny. I don't know. <laughs> so Agrippina the Elder sadly dies in 33 AD. And like we said in our previous episode, it was because she was on exile on this island. We don't know if she was beaten, starved to death. We know she, she lost an eye at some point. She committed point. suicide. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and we also don't know how she would have, Aggie Jr. would have felt about that. We either. have no idea how, if Agrippina was allowed to mourn the loss of her mother. I mean, obviously, she would have been affected by it because, yeah. I mean, she's a she's woman still, in power. Because she's still, like, 14. Yeah. Like, or, well, I guess she'd be a little bit older seeing now, your but mom she's still super ex- young. Seeing your mom exiled and, like, starved to death, yeah. obviously. But her mom was considered an enemy of the emperor, so she couldn't openly mourn for her and somehow i doubt that her idiot psycho husband was much of a like comfort to her i'm getting like very sansa stark episode season two yeah where her dad is killed but it's like she has to pretend like nothing happened yeah has to swallow it that's so funny and i think i've talked about this before there's this podcast podcast series by this show called Ancient History Fangirl, and the reason I found out about all these people is because they did a series called The the Stark Family of Ancient Rome. And that's what they say about Agrippina the Younger, too. She's the Sansa. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Anyway. So her her mother's body was just, like, left to rot on this fucking exile island. And the Roman culture was so fucking superstitious that I think Agrippina would have been worried that her mother's... um, soul was just gonna haunt that island you know like she was worried for her mother's spirit (laughs) so we don't know they believe like if your body wasn't given a proper funeral you could you would come back as a ghost i mean that's kind of similar to what a lot of people believe yeah yeah anyway so fast forward a little bit and in 37 a.d tiberius dies some people believe that Caligula had him killed. Yeah, he was like po- poisoned or smothered with a pillow. And also he was like 79, 80 at the time. Yeah, this is like ancient Rome. So, so maybe he just died. Yeah. Like I remember reading about his death and it was like he would stop breathing. I'm like, this guy's just old. He's just, yeah. He's just old. He was just, he was just old for 80 now. 80 years old in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> that's super old. But I mean. It was still ancient Rome, so maybe maybe somebody poisoned. We really can't rule out somebody yeah, poisoning him really either. Can. But guess who's emperor now? Caligula, little boot, little boot. So uh, the son of Germanicus, grandson of Augustus, but most importantly to our story right now is the brother of Agrippina. And life is about to get real good until it gets real bad. Let's focus on the real good <laughs> because. because OMG baby! Yes! Like, that's her primary job in life in ancient Rome. At the end of 37 AD, Agrippina is the ripe old age of 22. Okay, but her husband's like, was so much older. But she (laughs) gives birth to a new son for the Julio-Claudian dynasty. And they name him Nero. Yeah. 
that narrow. Fiddle while Rome burned. That didn't narrow. fucking happen. But... but everyone knows who I'm talking about when I say fiddle. Yes. <laughs> say that. Anyway. I think it's interesting <laughs> that they were married for so long and this was the first baby they had. So do you think it's like maybe your husband wasn't that bad and waited till she was a little bit older. Maybe he thought it was creepy that she was 13. Maybe. Or... Maybe he, like, went to the Roman baths a lot. uh, Maybe she had issues, too. Maybe she was a little infertile. We just have... Nobody knows. I'm hoping it's the first one. I hope it's the first one. (laughs) That would be nice. Anyway, Um, the birth was not an easy one. Oh, it was a breech birth, which means, like, butt and feet first. Yes. Which is not the way. You don't have to be a medical professional to to know that that's, like, not how babies are supposed to come out. Yeah, your baby couldn't suffocate. If, and your vagina doesn't always stretch that That, way. Not that way. If you were having a breech birth... Today, you just get a C-section, but that wasn't really a thing that people lived through in the ancient world. I wonder why. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Something that was, so she would have just been like in labor for ages and ages, and it would have been, everybody would have been like, she's probably going to die. The baby's probably going to die. While trying to research uh, Nero's breech birth, I found this like crackpot website, and there was this guy that like, legitimately believes there is a link between being born breech and having like um mental disorders and like schizophrenia and stuff like that and he cites nero as an example oh i mean i guess that's fun i don't know how accurate it is it's aka not at all i mean (laughs) i I was like, what? And I did kind of do, went down a little rabbit hole and then I went, focus, I can't. Yeah, I I know a lot of crazy people and they were not born breech. Yeah. (laughs) But it was considered a bad omen at the time. (laughs) I mean, maybe this guy with the breech birth equals insanity. Maybe he studies the classics because at this time, everyone thought, oh, born that way and y'all survived. This is a curse. Yeah, because usually mom and kid died at the same time. Yeah. So for you to survive that, it'd be like, oh my gosh, you're cursed. Yeah. And so, like we mentioned already, the Romans were so superstitious. They were super superstitious. And then Agrippina brought him uh, to an astrologer. And the astrologer allegedly said, he will reign, but if he reigns, he will kill his mother. And Agrippina allegedly said, let him kill me. Just let him reign. She is hardcore, girl. Oh. (laughs) Girl. I mean, that's a fun story, and it makes for a great tagline. See the art for this show. But, um, (laughs) again, that was something that was written after everybody in this story is dead. So, maybe she said it. If she did, oh, girl, okay. Um, (laughs) Calm down now. I think, I think Aggie needs a Xanax colada. Xanax colada. (laughs) Chill the fuck on out. So... So, you remember whenever we talked about Domitius, uh, Domi? Domi. Um, he said, anything born of me and Agrippina is bound to be a monster. Again, who knows if he actually said this or if this was just um, but can good you, storytelling. Can but you imagine if he said it? Like, can you imagine, like, in, like, recovering from the birth of your breech-born child and your husband's like, it's gonna be a monster, look at their mother, and be like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> here somebody poison this bastard (laughs) anyway life as sister of the emperor i mean being 
the sister of Caligula really fucking rocked like the first couple years. Yeah, first few months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of Caligula's rule, he was actually really great. Like everybody was really excited. Like when he entered Rome, everyone's like, "It's our baby! It's the son of Germanicus, star of Rome, future of the empire." Little fucking boots. Little fucking. Well, actually, no one would have called him Caligula because he hated that nickname. So everyone called him Gaius. It's like after that he. <laughs> but what's so awesome is history knows him as Caligula. Yeah. And he's like rolling in his grave. Mm. <laughs> um, so the first thing that he does is he really gets rid of a lot of Tiberius's crazy tyrannical laws. One thing that um, Ty- Tiberius had these like treason trials and he like kept all these journals from the treason trials to like be precedent for other bananas, anti treasonous laws and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm going to tear these right the fuck up. And everybody's like, yay! Hmm. <laughs> we'll see later in the story if he actually tore those the fuck up. But in the story that we're at right now, he gets rid of all the tyrannical laws. And he's just super popular. Yeah, everybody loves him for like the first couple of months, but... And most importantly to our story, he was making sure his sisters were right there on top with him. Yeah, so one of the very first things he did was order the divorce of Drusilla because she hated her fucking horrible husband. So it's another thing that makes me wonder if Agrippina really hated her marriage because if she was so miserable, she could have asked for a divorce. Yeah, like, I can have one too. But then Drusilla was immediately married off to Caligula's best friend Lepidus, So maybe Aggie was like, well, if I get divorced, I'm going to have to get married off again right away anyway. So the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Yep. So who knows? Touche. This is all speculation. Yeah. Um, Also, a lot of people think um, Caligula had Drusilla divorced and married to his best friend because Caligula was hella in love with Drusilla. Incest, incest, put your sister to the test. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why did you say that? that well, was terrible. it's kind of what happened yeah, here. Yeah, but we don't need to cheer about it. <laughs> oh, and also, maybe Caligula was also sleeping with Lepidus? Yeah, that was a rumor too, but what the fuck did you have to do in this life to have all these. I know. Be Caligula. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Perks. So perks of being the sister of the emperor were, they were put on coins. Like there was a... Make that money, honey. Make that money. Be that money, honey. Be that money. (laughs) Um, These coins on one side had Caligula or Gaius. And then on the other side had his three sisters. That's the first time in ancient Rome that women were put... a, A woman who was living... Was put on money. Yeah, it's a big fucking deal. But also, it looks like one of these sisters is dramatically shorter. Than so the we other have two. like pictures of the the coins in our outline, and then like there's three sisters on the back of it. <clears throat> two of them are like normal size, and then one's like hella short. Up, sh- what's up, shouty? I wonder which one was the shorty. Hey, shouty, shouty. <laughs> there was also this pledge that kind of like the pledge of allegiance that Americans do now. Okay. Um, And it was pretty normal to have a pledge being like, I value the life of the emperor above my own. But this pledge said, I value the life of the emperor and his sisters above my own and that of my family. So it's like the first time they added in the women to the the pledge. Yeah. Big deal. I think a lot of Rome was like, it's a bit much. 
<laughs> okay, whatever. Since he didn't have any children, he made he made Drusilla his heir. What? Yeah, yeah. A woman had never been like named heir in Rome before, so this is huge. I think the only reason that people didn't make a stink about it was because like he's so young, he's gonna have children. Yeah, so it was like ah, uh, this yeah. is just a formality. But he also gave them the rights of the Vestal Virgins. Vestal Virgins are a big fucking deal. So they're kind of like nuns, <clears throat> you know, virgins for their religion. But, but they didn't have to be virgins their whole life. When you signed up to be a Vestal Virgin, you only had to be, I think it was 30 years. It might have been 40. Wow. So like, you usually got signed up to be a Vestal Virgin when you were about eight. So a lot of them, by the time, they still have plenty of life to live. They could yeah. get married after it. But, yeah, and they totally had, like, their own, like, secret service and yeah. bodyguards, like, I will always love you. Yes. <laughs> um, Vestal virgins were allowed to own property, both while they were Vestal virgins and after they were, had served their time. Keska say a woman with I property? I How they, dare you? Okay, well then hold on to your little boots, because guess what? <laughs> they were allowed to vote. What the fuck did... What would a woman vote for? Shopping? <laughs> yes. Shopping for everybody! They could sit in on the Senate. Male rage! Uh, a woman sitting in on the Senate, but More she's going to have her period everywhere! No! <laughs> um, Vestal virgins, their word was never questioned. So, like, if a man was, like, accused of murder or something... And a Vestal Virgin would step up and speak on his behalf and be like, no, that guy did not murder that guy. It was it was done. They the would be like, oh, done. well, the Vestal Virgin said you didn't do it. So. She's right. Case all right. Closed. Sorry about this. Done. <laughs> and if you roughhoused a Vestal, like if a Vestal Virgin got mugged, the mugger's getting killed. If a Vestal wow. Virgin got raped, the mugger's getting like super tortured. So basically do not piss off. A Vestal Virgin. Because she can be like, that guy mugged me. And they'll be like, we can't question her word. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. He did. Anyway, yeah, if I can be a Vestal Virgin when I grow up, that would be fantastic. Sign me up. (laughs) So everything was amazing. Amazing for Rome, amazing for Agrippina. Things were just like fucking great. For exactly seven months. Yeah, and then Caligula got like fucking sick sick. He got very sick. Real sick. People thought he was going to die. So the next thing that they're doing, obviously, is setting up his line of succession and who's going to follow him next. It was mayhem. They thought he was going to die. There were senators, like, out, like, praying, like, spare Gaius, take my life instead. They were sacrificing animals left and right. Now, whenever... I feel like a lot of people don't take into stock how much of a sacrifice it really was to the common person to sacrifice an animal. Like, let's say you had one ox, and that ox, like you were a farmer, just like a regular farmer, and you had one ox, and that ox helped you do, like, all your farm shit. Yeah. Like, pull your wagons, carry your farm shit. I don't know what farmers <laughs> do. But they sacrifice that animal to kill, to in hopes that it'll, they'll spare the emperor. So that's, a big deal. Yeah, just like common killing, people were doing yeah, that. Yeah, they're killing their ox who like plows all their fields yeah. just to save the emperor. So that was a big burden yeah. on those farmers. Yeah, and it must have been a really scary time for Agrippina yeah. too. Because changes in power meant that people of the old regime obvious, uh, often got totally killed. Yeah, and her son was like right next in line and had a really powerful claim to the throne. 
And who would want to lose those Vestal Virgin status? Yeah, I mean, you know? Katie's like ready to time hop back on to yeah. the Roman Empire yeah. to be, be a Vestal Virgin. Oh, but they still didn't have air conditioning? No, stay where no, I am. No, I'm good. Yeah. No running water? No. Nah. Also, um, let's say the new regime didn't like her, her like like her husband, and he was killed off. Um, and remember in Rome, single women were the property of their next male relative, who would that even be? Yeah. Like, her dad's dead. All her brothers would be dead. Like... Tiberius is dead. Her her future would be so uncertain, and that of her sons, too. Yeah. Who would very likely get killed just for being... Having a penis and being related to Augustus, you know? <laughs> the one time it is not a good thing to have a penis. No. <laughs> and sure, I mean, Drusilla had been named heir, but... No one took that seriously. No. No one was taking that seriously. The dudes that were in charge were immediately looking for a male heir. But guess the fuck what? What? Caligula wakes up, bitch! Yay! Yay, question mark? Because <laughs> he wakes up crazy as fuck, y'all. Yeah, so... Uh, like Joffrey Baratheon. Which crazy. is really funny. Like, Katie has done this. Please take your time to Google Caligula and Joffrey because they look exactly the fuck alike. Yes. Like, like their mouth, their nose, their ears, their eyebrows, their everything is like so similar. I think I have read that that was done on purpose. Like they casted the guy that plays Joffrey. Because he looked like Nero? Yeah. No, well, I mean, Caligula. I mean Caligula, yeah. excuse me. But yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. For the Tudor files out there, um, it's kind of like when Henry VIII had that jousting accident when he was married to Anne Boleyn and woke up and started having everybody beheaded, including his wife. I mean, I honestly wife. think it's what, uh, it would be like a brain hemorrhage. Like you get an yeah. infection and it causes your brain to Well, hemorrhage. there's several theories. There is, one of the theories is that he did have like an aneurysm or something yeah. while he was sick that caused the personality change. There's also the theory, you know, he was like in his mid to late 20s. Um, I I think we both know several people who... Snapped they are They have like bipolar disorder or something, and it but it doesn't really materialize in their everyday personality until their mid-20s. Yeah. Um, so there's there are a boatload of conspiracies about what happened. Doesn't really matter. Because he just started killing everybody. Caligula's gone off of the rails in the crazy train. Yeah, he's like fucking chopping off people's heads for looking at him wrong. Um, but what this meant for Agrippina was Caligula's obsession with his sisters got a little fucking weird. Weird! So the rumor is that Caligula started, you know, doing that old incest. Hopping oh. on that old incest train. Yeah, choo-choo! <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm kind of doubtful about this because he's gone down as this nasty emperor. And, like, from what I've gathered from researching all of this is that if you're, quote-unquote, a tyrant, all these historians are just going to make up these crazy stories about you. So, uh, I mean, you really don't know if it's true, but he did actually call Drusilla his little wife. Which yeah. kind of fucking weird. I, I, I feel the same way. I'm like... I don't know if I believe the incest stories, but either way, he was really obsessed with Drusilla, even yeah. if it was not incestuous. But it's still I mean, weird. 
I love my brothers, but if any of them ever called me their little wife, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with excuse you? Excuse me now? No, 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 no. I think we need to not talk till Thanksgiving. Bye. <laughs> um, the other rumor is that Caligula would basically whore out Agrippina and Lavilla to all the senators and his friends and, and advisors. And the sad thing about that theory is that could Aggie really say no to that? No. No. I mean, she, he's crazy as fuck. Like, somebody looks at him wrong and he fucking kills you, so... Yeah, we have skimmed over... We're not gonna dive into the reign of terror of Caligula because that would be a whole episode on itself. Yeah. But he is killing off people left and right just for saying shit like, I don't like Caligula's haircut. Dead. Dead. Killed. So, you're going to sleep with your brother's friends if he tells you to sleep with his friends, because otherwise you're going to get killed or exiled, or he's going to take it out on your baby son. Yeah. You know, like, just, okay, I guess I'm sleeping with your friends today. What we're basically saying is Caligula is a fucking monster. <laughs> but, Drusilla was always able to, like, talk him off the ledge. Little wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even historians who don't believe they were lovers will admit that Drusilla... Had this like calming effect on him. Maybe it was maternal. Maybe, Maybe so. she reminded him the most of their mother or something. Uh, that makes sense. Um, but like she could convince him, like, hey, Maybe don't kill that guy because you don't like his toga, you know? And no one else could. You know, maybe your hair didn't look that great today and he criticized it. And it's okay. Everybody's got bad hair days. (laughs) Don't kill him. (laughs) In 38 AD, sadly for everybody in the world, Drusilla dies. And we're not like 100% sure what happened. It could have been like childbirth. It could have been the plague. It seems unlikely to be any foul play, like poisoning or anything, because she seems like the one person in this story that pretty much everybody was cool with, you know? Yeah, that she didn't get killed. Yeah, but either way, she did. (laughs) And if you thought Caligula was a tyrant before, bitch, you ain't seen nothing yet. Ain't seen nothing yet. He puts the whole country in, like, official mourning. Which means, like, no parties, so I would be miserable. It also meant that, like, men couldn't bathe or have dinner with their families. I don't want to bathe with my family. I want to bathe. (laughs) I want to have my dinner bath with my family. Um, He had Drusilla deified. So she's, like, a goddess now. So... Big sweeping summary. <laughs> Sometime along the way, Agrippina, her sister Lavilla, and Drusilla's widower, Lepidus, were like, okay, well, this guy's fucking nuts, right? I mean, he was, are, like, executioning are everybody. We, are we all on board that Caligula has gone off the rails? Like, we cannot... On that crazy train? We cannot <laughs> with this anymore. Yeah. He was... And he was running the empire into the ground. Yeah, he lowered the taxes and, like, raised the salary of the army, which sounds great in theory, but you kind of have to make cuts somewhere else. He didn't make any cuts. He increased spending on um, building coliseums and um, on, like, new togas and new fabrics and, like, remodeling all his palaces. And, like, and it was, elaborate like, fucking public execution. Yes! Yay. And, like, all the fun things that people enjoyed, and at first everyone's like, lower taxes, more money for the troops, more parties, yeah! Until they were like, we're hungry! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... 
can't eat. Where's my food, bitch? Yeah. And so, yeah, so Agrippina and Lavilla and Lepidus were like, so uh, we need to do something about this. Yeah, so there's a... A conspiracy called The Plot of Three Daggers. And, um, I wish I could have found more on this. And what I did find find were all such conflicting stories. So, by all means, if you hear something... So, our description is going to be a little bit vague, because I couldn't find any sources that all agreed on how it went down. But what we do know is the three of them... We're like, okay, um, Agrippina's gonna div- gonna help. Agrippina and Lavilla are gonna kill Caligula, and then they're gonna put Lepidus, who technically is heir because he was married to Drusilla, oh. and Drusilla is heir, so he's technically the heir has transferred to Lepidus. So it's like, okay, we're gonna kill Caligula. And then after Caligula's dead, we're going to get Agrippina divorced, and then Agrippina is going to marry Lepidus, and we're all going to rule together. Oh. Honestly, out of the three conspirators, I definitely think Aggie was the ringleader here. Yeah, the other two really weren't, like, sharp. Like, they were kind of dim-witted. Who knows? And Lepidus, yeah, he just wasn't known to be, like, a mastermind. Yeah. You know? so, so she I, was definitely in charge of this. I, that's what I think. Unfortunately. Then, yeah, Caligula ends up finding out about all this. And it's kind of murky. Yeah. Like we said, we really don't know. Maybe they were on campaign and he found out. Maybe he found out because an enemy of Lepidus told him. We don't know how. Simple story. He found out. Yeah. <laughs> and he put Lepidus on trial. And during the trial, he presented letters between Lepidus and Agrippina that explicitly talked about killing him. So the two of them could become rulers. Also, maybe they were love letters, too? Like, maybe they were hooking up and talking about it in these letters? Very possible. Um, so, so, yeah, if that is... It's also... So they accused him of treason, conspiracy, um, and immoral acts with both of Caligula's sisters. So if that's true, he then slept with all the daughters of Germanicus, and the people went, ew. You gotta die. Yeah, yeah. It's time to die. We have no idea if the love lo- love letter component of the story is true, um, but Caligula said it was, and no one was going to argue with yeah, him. Yeah, facts are facts, and they were conspiring against They were conspiring against them. they were trying to get him killed, so this was not going to end up well for them. Oh, can you imagine how scared Agrippina must have been? Oh, fuck yeah. She may have been, like, power-hungry and wanted to be empress, but holy shit, at this point. Yeah, and people had been <laughs> brutally, brutally executed for way less than what they'd done. I, side note, her husband is not mentioned once while any of this is going down. What the fuck is he doing? And he's still alive. I have no idea. Like, just hiding, trying to be like, hey. New phone, who dis? <laughs> um, can I get a divorce real quick? Or yeah, something? Like, I don't want to get killed. Yeah. There's no mention. I have no idea. I bet he offered to run Agrippina over with his chariot. It's probably, he was like, I can run her over. I can run Lepidus over. I can run them all. I am here for chariot killings all day long. (laughs) 
Um, but I don't think Agrippina was all that worried about her husband. I think she was worried about her son. Yeah. Again, he's now the son of a traitor, and Caligula is fucking nuts. Yeah. It was a real possibility that he could have little baby Nero killed. Yeah. I mean, maybe in hindsight that wouldn't have been such a bad thing, but... There was somebody who got killed, and it was Lepidus. And then Caligula... I think this is so fucking twisted. So Caligula had Agrippina walk through the streets of Rome in, like, a sadness parade, carrying an urn with Lepidus's ashes in it. He was trying to draw that parallel between her and her mother when her mother entered the city with uh, Germanicus ashes. Except it wasn't like a... Except this was shameful. Yeah. And so it was, like, basically him telling her, like, you think you're our mother, but you are not. Our mother, our mother would never be caught dead doing what you did. Ouch. And, like, since she, he said that Lepidus was her lover. Like, you see that? Ugh, it's, it's, I, it's so, so fucking painful. twisted. And it was humiliating for her. Oh, yeah, she had to have been humiliated. And it, But instead of, like, ending with the urn and taking them to, like, a temple or somewhere for, like, a proper ending spot, they, like, just went and dumped them in a ditch. Again, with, like, the bad omens. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just dumping these bodies. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's so horrible. It's a big diss. Like, that is... Yeah. Like her grandmother and her mother before her, Agrippina was sent into exile. Yes. Um, she was not sent to the same island her mother and grandmother died on, but Lavilla was. Yeah. And her son was given to her sister-in-law, Domitia the Younger, to be raised. And these two women did not like each other at all, so Agrippina was very distressed by this. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of want to tell Agrippina at this point, like, girl, you got bigger things to worry about, because Domitia the Younger was rich and well-connected, and Nero was going to be, ta- like, Nero was going to be treated very well. Yeah. But I think Agrippina was worried, like, this woman hates me, she's going to tell my son that I'm garbage or whatever while yeah. I'm gone. But... Still, bigger things to worry about. Yeah, at the end of the day, he was in a stable, rich household, yeah. and he was going to get a good education, so she really didn't have any room for a complaint on that. Except for the whole exile thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a tiny little side note. So again, we don't really know anything about her treatment in exile. Yeah, usually blackout information. We know she didn't die in exile, yeah. and that'll be a good place to pick up. On our next episode. She's not dead. Yay! <laughs> since, since there's a next... How, how horrible would it be if our next episode was just like five minutes and be like, and then she died in exile. So catch Thanks you next for time. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> So, thanks for listening. If there's something you want to hear, just, like, hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. We're at queens underscore podcast. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And follow us on iTunes at Queens Podcast. All one word. All smushed up. Queens Podcast. Um, Follow us on Facebook. Our intro music is by K-Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Thanks for letting us use your song, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. Cheers. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? 
Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.